The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Source of Truth podcast. Thanks for joining us again this morning as we take a few minutes out of our day in the Source of Truth, of course, which is the Word of God. Uh, We hope you're doing uh, well, hope you're having a great week. Uh, One quick reminder as we just kind of uh, scheduling for the program for the next week, we're going to have continue through until Tuesday different sections of scripture that deal with thanksgiving or praise to God. And then next week we will have on Monday and Tuesday, we will not have one Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday for the holiday time. And then we will pick back up the following Monday after Thanksgiving. And then I think we're going to jump into Second Peter when we get there. So uh, join us right now if you're following along. We're in the book of Psalm 100, Psalm chapter 100. Uh, one of the more popular praise psalms of what we call a psalm of praise. Uh, and this is unique when you look at kind of uh, from an interpretation standpoint, where is he going, what's the premise? What you're looking at is there's five verses. Four of them give us instructions for praise, give us different aspects of praise, We things we are to do. When God says there's great chances or things we should do to include it in praise, list of things over the first four verses. And then verse number five, he kind of gives us the reason for why we're doing this. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with verse number five. So as we look through this once, we're going to get an understanding why it is we've been asked to do this. So verse number five, David, under the inspiration of God, simply states, For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. And so several things about the Lord that are stated that God says, because of these things we should worship, he is good. It's intriguing he says good. A lot of people in today's culture will debate why are bad things happening or why hasn't God stopped it and all this. You know, it's more than just he is good because we think he is good. A lot of times this is how we see God. We see him as a subjective point of view. You know, God is bad because my life's not the way I want it to, or God is bad because the world is not turning out the way I want it to. We've subjected him to our view of good, and then we've said that, okay, if things are good in my life, God is good. If things are bad in my life, God is bad. It's intriguing, though, on most occasions. He's blamed, generally, for all the bad things in life by these people and almost never given any credit for the good things in life. Any good things that happens, I did myself. Bad things, God's fault. And that's generally how it is. And please understand this. If somebody hasn't ever truly met God, been saved, and really their eyes have been opened to the reality of the God of the Bible, then, of course, they're not really going to understand this perception. And they're going to listen to the world. It's a, it's a foolish thing to do, but they're going to do it because they have no other alternative at that point. That's, so, but here's the thing I want us to see when he says the Lord is good. The Lord is not good because we think he's good. The Lord is not good because he fits a, a litmus test that we put together. The Lord is good, and when staying that, he sets the bar for good. You look and say, nah, he's good because I think he is. He sets the bar for good, and everything I do should adapt to his goodness. He's honest. He's truthful. Uh, he holds to justice. He's holy. He's right. He is good. He is the epitome of good. He sets the bar for good, and we're the ones supposed to adapt and change to him. The world's the other way around. You've got to see this. you see it right. He is good. He, he is the establishment of good. He says more. His mercy is everlasting. No matter how much we want to sit, you know, we talk about his justice and it's right, his holiness. David reminds us, and this is David who has, has had his own list of struggles. His mercy 
It's everlasting. It's not temporary. It's not only when I'm doing good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. Now, it's three different things, but you can say due to his mercy and truth, you can go back and see his goodness. So we see those three things, his goodness, his mercy, his truth, all of those things establishing. So he goes, these are the reasons to worship God. And so let's go back a few verses. And he says, now that we've seen the reason to worship God, let's go look at things that God says should be excuse me, should be in our worship. Psalm 100, verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Let's look at those first two things. Starts off with making a joyful noise. Now, this is a noise of worship. It's a noise of praise. We do it in the aspect of singing. And immediately people run to it, well, my singing is just that. It's just noise, and so I don't do it. Recently, I was in a conference, and I heard the speaker. He made some really great points about the aspect of singing and worship to God. And he says a lot of people, rightfully, I agree with him, say a lot of people think, well, I'm not necessarily a vocalist. I'm not as good as the people leading the music or any special music. Or I'm not a choir-type person. So for me, you know, I'm not a great singer, so I'm not going to sing in church. The one he said, in his opinion, most of the people who are going to say, I'm not a really good singer, so I won't sing in church, probably bellow along with the music they listen to that week. That would be different types of music. They probably, maybe they're right, they're not great singers, but they bellow on the other music. They sing out in the other music. And, and so his point, the point was, it doesn't matter whether we're really talented. It doesn't matter whether or not other people see it. One, the reason we sing with all the other music is because we are beings created to sing. God created us to sing. That doesn't mean he created us all with a great talent to sing. He's just created us to sing. We love music. Music is part of us. Music makes us, because God designed us that way. So we're created to sing, which means if we're created to sing, we should use that same part of our creation to sing to God. Then we're called to sing. We're called and commanded to sing. God's thought scripture talks about the importance to sing praises to God. You know, if we were to come to church and really not worry about whether we're good at singing, really not worthy whether about, or worry whether anybody else in the seats around us is listening, and we just sing our praise to God, we would be, you know, we would just be able to bellow it out. And I'm not saying out of scream, but my point is we should sing out and enjoy because of the truths of it. And if everybody is just singing the truths to God in worship, they're not really concerned about whether someone around them is that great. So we've got this command to be part of the singing. He said, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Don't be ashamed to serve. Reach out. Our church did that last night. It was such a joy to work together with the church in serving our community. Come before his presence with singing. He continues that again, making this joyfulness. Come before his presence. Don't just come in and, well, I'm here. Come in with singing. Can I I tell you one of the things we do, and understandably, I think this is right. We come to church many times extremely overwhelmed with the cares of the world. We come in overwhelmed with struggles in our home. We come in overwhelmed with struggles in our in our family. We come in overwhelmed with struggles in our mind and our thoughts. We come in overwhelmed struggles with the world, finances, medicine, diagnoses, all these different things that could be part of our life and we can become quite overwhelmed with it. And we come to church and we say, I just, I just need to be encouraged. I just, I need to be helped. And that's a phenomenal reason when you come to church is a great place for it. But we get this wrong thinking that I'm just going to sit and wait for that encouragement to come. You know, God has designed us that one of the great ways to find encouragement is through singing. Music, it's an emotional attachment to our heart. 
emotional attachment to our life. And so when we come in and we ask on, on the screen or in the, in the hymnal or wherever, on the music, we see the truths of the Word of God and the greatness of God and we see what He does for us and how much we can worship Him. Looking at it's one thing, singing it, it literally is therapeutic. It will literally bring that level of encouragement. And so he tells us to sing because it is one of the things that he's designed in us to bring that encouragement when we are overwhelmed. He says in verse 3, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and that we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastures. There's a lot in this verse that we could talk about. We will just kind of glance over it real quick. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. This is the Almighty God. There is only one God. He, he's not a God. He's not one of the gods. He is the only God. And he is God, it is he who hath made us and not we ourselves. He acknowledges our creation. But you know, not only, so we acknowledge his, his part in creation, that we are designed by God, created by God, no matter what the world says, no matter what science wants to say about evolution, it is false. The truth is that God created you, which in itself is awesome, which means you're not a mistake, you're not an accident. You are designed the way you are by God. He goes, and, and when we say that, we have made him and not we ourselves, okay? We're not self-made people. But more than that, a lot of times when we desire to be that, we fall apart, we fail because we, we can't. But when we recognize that God designed us, it means he designed us for a purpose with, with gifts and abilities, and that's what we can then use to grow. That's what we can gain from this knowledge and, and acknowledgement that God has made us. And then he says, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And he talks about sheep. Really what we're talking about is him as the shepherd who loves us. We're part of his family. He says, not only has he made us, he loves us, he protects us, he takes care of us. Now, Yes, he made us, but to enjoy this part of the shepherd, we need to call upon him for salvation and enter into his family. You are born while, while created by him. You have to accept and walk into his family and accept that through salvation. And then when you're there, it, it is an amazing, um, it's amazing change. And when you get to be understand this, the love of the shepherd towards his people. Then he says, verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his court with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. And he just gives a few more thoughts to pray. Be thankful, praising, and thankful unto him, bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. We look at Thanksgiving. One of the things we've stated is Thanksgiving is not just, it's not just 10 reasons to be thankful this season. And that's not bad. And we might even do that, but I hope we understand that we can, if we ever look at the multiple reasons to be thankful, can I tell you that one of the reasons we do that is because we do have an almighty God who's created us, designed us, loves us, takes care of us, provides for us, is there really no matter what in the midst of even our own bad decisions, if we're willing to turn to him. And that's some of the things that we see. That's some of the things that are are powerful in our lives and worship. It's one of the reasons we can turn to him. And so as we look down the road and say, hey, good reasons to be thankful, we do that because we can come back to the foundation that he is good. And that is one of the core reasons for our thankfulness. Well, thanks again for joining us on this Thursday morning. Again, remember, we'll do one more devotion tomorrow. We will have one Monday and Tuesday of next week, and then there'll be none Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We'll pick back up the Monday after Thanksgiving. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.